Welcome to the Independent Practice Podcast, where each week we'll discuss ideas from recognized healthcare leaders and medical professionals for the independent medical practice. We'll tackle the technologies, regulations, best practices, and gain expert proven advice from industry leaders. Topics relating to revenue management, practice marketing, efficient office visits, telehealth, COVID-19, coding and regulatory issues, as well as navigating the new normal. If you're working in primary care, podiatry, or pediatrics, or any other independent practice environment, tune in, give feedback, or be a guest on the show. Now on to the podcast. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. I'm Chris Beckwith with NextGen Healthcare, and today we have a special guest, Ajit Wishfanathan. Ajit is CEO of Doctable, which is a patient engagement platform. Ajit, welcome to the podcast. Well, nice to be here, Chris. Thank you for having me. So I guess let's jump right in. Can you tell me a little bit about Doctable as a business, how you got started and, and how you went down the patient engagement you know, platform path? Sure. I mean, so we got started in late 2013 and, you know, our premise was that, you know, as, as the consumer behavior changed and I use consumers interchangeably because they're actually patients uh, as the next generation of patients were coming into this new ecosystem, uh, they're more likely to be adopting new technologies and new ways that they're searching for their healthcare provider. And what we wanted to do was at the very beginning of our start, uh, find ways that we can provide more access to patients when they search for a doctor. And that's what, that was our initial premise. And, and a big reason for that was that, you know, my background prior to this was in healthcare. And I saw that in 2010, when the Affordable Care Act was, was, was passed into law, we knew that there's going to be an onus as, as there's a shift towards high deductible plans where patients were going to start their journey of discovering a doctor on their own too. And when we got started in 2013, we saw that, you know, our, our initial learning was that many of these health systems have the big budgets to be able to provide for technology and have that layer that allows them to better engage with their potential patients and even existing patients. What we found was that independent practices typically were still not ahead of the curve in terms of like adoption of technology. There was still a lot of things that were happening that was very time consuming inefficient and that's where we start looking at can we design software that can really sit as a layer inside the practice that can help with the operational pieces to in terms of like better patient engagement but also helping these practices better uh, be discoverable and that's kind of like how our product suite evolved primarily as the journey in the last six to seven years of patients also evolved right so we just kept up to pace and that's kind of like how we got started and how, you know, our system now is not just a patient engagement, it's it's a full-on patient engagement and relationship platform. And that's kind of like how, where we're at today. Yeah, I guess that sort of leads into my next question. How is the overall patient behavior changed when it comes to interacting with a healthcare provider, you know, if from between, I guess, 2013 and now? Yeah, de definitely a good question. I mean, uh, uh, you know, as folks who consume healthcare ourselves, we have seen this big change that's happened in terms of like how, what our expectations are and then what we expect in terms of how we communicate with our providers. Uh, and I would say that a lot of pre-2013, and I would say some of it still exists, is this heavy reliance on phone calls and how patients were still tasked with having to call 
their doctor or to even scale an appointment. The ease of tools in terms of like how I can ask questions still were not available. Uh, but if you look at it, the paradigm shift was happening in other industries. So when when these same patients or consumers, you know, whether it's having to deal with their uh, their lease or their hotels or restaurants, they were finding other innovative ways to be able to reach out to these uh, businesses. And so the shift that was happening is the expectation set was, why can't my healthcare have that same level of access? Now we understand that there's HIPAA regulations, but still. For administrative functions, you look at that in terms of like how the patient journey has evolved. Uh, a big shift has been now uh, in terms of like real-time availability, uh, being able to text uh, to see if there's appointment availability, to be able to see ahead of time, you know, is this practice uh, seeing patients and what does their feedback look like? So all of those things have pretty much changed immensely just in this last six years. And that journey has changed from the patient perspective. Our mission is to ensure that practices are staying on board with these changing patient dynamics. Yeah, and how is the patient journey, I guess, in discovering the healthcare provider, how does that start now and how has that evolved? You know, that that's a slightly different journey, right? Or absolutely. I mean, if you look at, you know, just ourselves as examples, you know, I, I remember when I moved into the city, uh, you know, nearly 15 years back, and we we're based in San Diego. One of the first ways when I was looking for a doctor was, uh, A, I was actually going and rummaging through my insurance healthcare directory and seeing who's in the plan, who's not in the plan. And then I was leaning on my friends who, who lived here. Um, if you change that dynamic to now in 2020, um, you'll see that patients, when they start their journey of discovering or finding a healthcare provider or a practice, actually start their journey online. Uh, that, you know, they jokingly refer to this as Dr. Google. Google has become such a dominant player in terms of serving up these practices and not just saying that, look, we have a pediatrician in this zip code. Uh, they serve up a lot more intelligence information about that practice, including, you know, what are other patients saying with their reviews in terms of like, what are their hours? Do they have online scaling available? And so, our goal is that the patient no longer is leaning on the insurance directories to find their next doctor. They're actually starting on themselves because they want to know if they do find a doctor of their liking, you know, do they now take the insurance plan that I'm on? So the script has been reversed where the search is not from, hey, let me go to my insurance provider's website first. The search now goes to let me find the right doctor and then work backwards to see if he or she accepts my insurance. So that means that these practices have to like operate a business, not just a practice. So what what should a practice in this era be doing, I guess, to stay on top of its patient engagement strategy? What really should their focus be then? That's an excellent question because I think this this paradigm shift is happening at this unique time where, you know, you have these existing practices who have who are used to like the pre workflow where you know, they were used to making phone calls and patients looking at healthcare directories uh, or like insurance directory to, to find them. And so there is this pervasive feeling that, look, we're fine as it is right now because we are able to very easily attract patients through the Aetna's and the Anthem directories of the world. What we try to help understand and educate is it's not what we're trying to do today uh, may not only impact what happens today, it may have huge ramifications five years down the line, right? I mean, 
end of the day, a, a healthcare practice is still a business, a small business, which is a lifeblood of the any you know economy in this in this in this current times. And you want to make sure that you're fully prepared for the strategy of the changes that are coming in the next five years. And you don't want to be left behind. And that's why in terms of like adoption of patient engagement solutions, you know, what is extremely essential is having an excellent online reputation, for example, is making sure that you're discoverable, is making sure that not only when you're discoverable, you're given all the tools for patients to be able to schedule an appointment from you or be able to ask questions, things like online scheduling, things like being able to text you, having a live chat option on your website. All of those things ensure that when a patient finds you that they do the one action that you want them to do, which is making sure that they book an appointment. Once that is the, done, the next step is to make sure that you're giving them reminders about their appointments, more flexibility to be able to fill out forms ahead of time. They don't want to wait in the waiting room. I think people are extremely busy. And so the more convenience you're able to provide to them prior to the visit, that way you make sure that their actual visit is a lot more smoother and something that they actually like. And also making sure that we ask for feedback after the visit to see how the experience was. And that's the entire loop that we have in terms of patient engagement, which is starting from discovering, then to engagement, to then booking an appointment, to then the engagement post booking and to get the feedback. That's what any practice should be looking at right now to set the stage for the next five years on how you can grow a thriving practice. So, so why is that feedback after the visit so critical right now? You know, let's let's take a look at unit economics. I, I, I think that sometimes it gets left behind, but every practice should be looking, who's hearing it, should be looking at what is the lifetime value of a patient worth to our practice? Some folks might say it's just one visit, it could be $150. We've heard plenty of times where many practices of our, our customer base say that one visit, imagine about the repeat appointments and a family appointment, is worth nearly three to four thousand dollars, and so what you want to do is part of growing any business is not only attracting new customers, which in this case is patients, it's also to retain your existing customers, which in this case is patients. And so the the reason why asking for feedback is critical is patients may be a little bit more apprehensive to express their unhappiness uh, directly to your face if you ask them what went wrong. But if you ask them feedback the day after and it's a little bit more anonymized, it gives them the way to get things out of their chest that otherwise was causing them to leave your practice. And so that's the reason why the patient experience is not just what happens in the examination room with the doctor. The patient journey starts from the time they try to book an appointment to parking, to billing, to seeing the doctor, the interaction with the staff. And so you want to make sure that you have a good pulse for your patient base because if they do end up having a bad experience with, let's just say, your friend's staff, and they decide to leave, that could be a, a loss of nearly three to $4,000 for your practice, and that can really hurt your practice. So that is the reason why extracting feedback can be very essential, because if a patient does have bad experience, you can now do a service recovery, reach out to them, and ensure that you heard their voice, and then you'll make the necessary changes. Yeah. That could be the difference between a patient who's about to leave to a patient who can be your best referral source who talks about your practice to other friends and family members. 
Yeah, I think so. I think all that explains the the value and and why it's it's so important. You know, those different those different aspects of it. But what advice would you give to a practice? You know, about adopting these technologies and maybe balancing the the cost versus staff or adoption resistance. Um, you know, those those factors. Um, what what advice do you have for for those providers? What I would recommend is, you know, take one step uh, back, right? Find out what what is it that you really feel that when someone walks into your practice, what is the identity that your practice wants to provide to your patients? And then work from there because technology can only be an assist. Um, you know, we cannot do everything. Granted, there's still that human touch and element that's super important for, for patients to feel comfortable too. But map out what is the journey of the customer or a patient look like for you? And then determine what are areas where you can actually plug technology in to automate some of these things. Uh, because if your staff, you know, if you if the folks you're listening in, if your staff can save more time instead of making phone calls, and as opposed to spending time with the patients or in the waiting area, making sure that their billing is accurate, if they can save time and do things that actually have a much bigger impact for your practice, you know, then you have to realize this. Is my ROI worth it to spend a few hundred dollars to automate some of these things? In addition to that, if the software can help prevent no-shows, if it can bring back patients by recalling them and not only prevent no-shows, but bring in new source of revenue, then you can start determining what is my ROI of the software? Because you don't want to look at it as just a hard cost. You want to look at it as how much cost savings does it help me? How much time savings does it help me? And how much new revenue is it bringing to me? And when you contextualize all of that, only you will get to make that decision to see is it worth it or not. I think every practice has to determine in their own ways whether this can have an impact or not. We, of course, have seen that the market trends are moving in that direction, but every practice should evaluate and figure out what is our patient engagement strategy in this case for 2021. And it could be that some folks may say, we want to give a full-on concierge, you know, check-in with phone calls engagement. That's definitely great. I mean, I think then that's the direction you have to choose. Yeah. You want to take a little bit more hybrid approach, then figure out how can technology assist you with your patient engagement. And what what are the key things that, that we should be looking for in patient engagement software? I think key to any patient engagement software, you know, especially for the folks who have an EMR, uh, you, you'd want to do use someone who can integrate with your EMR because that is extremely uh, essential in automating these tasks. Um, the second thing that you want to look for is definitely HIPAA compliance. It's huge. I, I don't think uh, we want to be dismissive, you know, how sometimes this can really affect and impact the practice, ensure that they will sign a BAA, uh, ensure that your data is safe. Uh, once that part is done, and of course, cost is an important factor. The other few things that you want to look for is, you know, what is their customization and configurability with their appointment reminders? Can they be a little bit more fluid in terms of like what can be worked for your practice? Uh, can they allow for two-way texting? Uh, because no longer do you want to just rely on unidirectional, hey, you have an appointment tomorrow. Patients do respond to these messages. So do you have ways to be able to communicate back and forth. Uh, can your patients text you, for example, an image of the insurance card, right? The less phone calls they have to make, the more, you know, the more technology can really come in and do most of these things that otherwise was causing phone calls. 
Um, can your uh, software send out post uh, visit feedback requests to understand, you know, what was the experience and be able to take them and steer them to the Google and Facebooks of the world to ensure that your online reputation is boosted, right? Um, can you have online scheduling listed on your website? Can you do things where you can send out mass emails uh, or to your patients informing them, hey, we now have a telehealth option or, hey, we want to keep you posted. We are now back open, you know, especially in this COVID era. So the more you stay in touch with your patients, the more likely you're in the front and center in their mind. So when it's the right time to book an appointment, you know, you don't get left behind because this is as much as, you know, a relationship between you and your patient. It's also an emotional decision in terms of like how they book their appointment. And so if you're not available at that time and if it's nine o'clock at night and they're like, oh, you know what? I forgot uh, I can't call my doctor. I'm just going to wait till tomorrow morning. Well, what may happen is their attention of the patient could be taken away by something else. And now that could be the difference between you having a booked appointment in your calendar versus not having one. So I think here's the different elements that you want to watch out for in patient in the any patient engagement software. And, and, and you wanted something that's built specific for the healthcare industry. I, I've seen too often sometimes where there are some other providers that come in and they're a little bit more horizontal in terms of like their solutions may work across different industries. Um, I, you know, I highly advise, you know, you want something that was specifically built for healthcare because of the nuances that exist in healthcare. Okay. And then, you know, that's today, today's technology. Where do you see patient engagement involving to let's say over the next five years what what's coming down the road that we don't even know about yet yeah I, I think what what you'll see is that the data that is you know captured in every single one of those patient interaction um, today kind of gets left behind in terms of like how can we use this for the next uh, visit and let me give an example uh, we see plenty of times when patients do come in for their visit, and they express feedback where they may say that, look, I had a great experience with the staff member, or they may say that, look, I did not really like my billing and whatever that, that context could be. We miss out on carrying that intelligence in the future. So let's just say if patient was coming in in July and they had a bad experience because of a particular staff member, and they're now again due for a visit in December, how impactful it would be is like the day before the visit if you can serve up some of this intelligence from the past. So past behaviors and feedback can drive future visits, right? If you can see that they really like when you talk to them about their, you know, their 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 parents and their kids. And so anything you can do to continue having those personal connections. The beauty of this is the data is all there inside the EMR and inside the patient engagement software. Uh, to give an example, where else can data come in really handy? Well, we can provide predictor predictors, right? Like for example, what if we can tell you that there's a 90% chance that this patient is likely to become a no-show? Uh, and the reason for that is, you know, for the last three appointments, you know, they called in late. And by the way, they live 20 miles away. And so that's the leverage of data to really help you better manage your tasks. I don't think we, our goal is to completely take over the front office, but if intelligence and data can be combined, what it would do is to lead to better outcomes and better patient behavior, right? If we can see that these patients have not come in for a particular visit, you know, that could be a red flag and that's, or, you know, they're, they're now inside your front desk. Well, wish them happy birthday, collect their balance of like $45. You 
And so all that automation can really surface up because the power, if you see how patient engagement will work and evolve in the next five years, is the power of the data and the history that comes through and all the insights that we can develop from this data. I think that, that that's going to be very exciting how you'll see more and more new systems evolve in the next few years. Yeah, it's it's absolutely fascinating what is potentially possible, right, coming down the road. Absolutely. And with that, we are out of time for today. Ajit, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to join us and really explaining patient engagement, past, present, and future. Uh, it's been very insightful. Absolutely. Pleasure to be here, and thank you folks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Independent Practice Podcast. I've been your host, Chris Beckwith, with NextGen Healthcare. If you enjoyed this topic, click the link in the show notes and get more information. Or if you're interested in other solutions provided by NextGen, visit us at nextgen.com.